Megan. Hello. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm well. Welcome to Menace and the Man. Sans Menace at the moment. Menace has to work a double. <laughs> no problem. So what did we catch you in the middle of? Nothing. Uh, I just had a nap earlier. <laughs> you had a what? A, a nap? A nap, yep. That's a good way to pass time during this quarantine. Yeah, it was uh, pretty good. So how are you holding up during all this? Um, I don't... Nothing's really changed for me. I'm a pretty boring person. Like, I don't do much anyway. So it's not like I... Like, I don't really go out and do a lot of stuff. So I get to play more video games, I guess. <laughs> all right, all right. What games are you playing? Uh, right now, I've been uh, playing the new... Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare like season three. Okay. What uh what system are you on? I'm on Xbox. Uh I'm a PlayStation Four guy. <laughs> yeah, I get so much shit for that. I don't I don't get the shit. You see, there's a lot of memes going around right now, especially with the quarantine. People have a lot of time on their hands. You, you, have you seen them? They're saying like so a PlayStation Four player punches like this, an Xbox player punches like this. And then a person who complains about what system you have punches like this, you know? <laughs> like me, a lot of memes like that going around right now. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so what are you playing anything else or just Call of Duty right now? Um, I have the, the new Doom Eternal. Uh, so I've played that a little bit. Uh, but really, I've been uh, trying to get good at this whole Battle Royale stuff. <laughs> and how, are you, how are you? Are you I I dread the gulag. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I hate it so much. I'm actually horrible. Like not horrible. I'm not good at the game yet. I'm good at the gulag. Really? Yeah. See, sometimes I'll like. Sometimes I'll be fire through the gulag, like one shot kills, and then I'll go on a stretch where it's just it's just rough. I'm like, how are you not dead? Like I'm pretty sure I'm shooting you in the face. Like how how are you not dead? So how many hours a day would you say you're gaming? I would say at least like five a day. Really? And now you're, I've noticed you live stream now on Twitch. Is this something new? Uh, I'm about to start. Uh, I just got a webcam, which has been really hard to find because everyone bought them for work because really? they have to work now. Uh, so yeah. the webcams have been like MIA. So I've, I found one. And so I'll, I'm about to start doing that. And like the, we're going to test it out over the weekend. So, yeah. Okay. Are you looking forward to that or? Um, I am, but I'm also like a little nervous uh, for people to watch me epically suck. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's a good thing. You know, you're giving back to your fans a little bit. That's actually how our show morphed into video was Menace is a video game player and oh, he used to Twitch and then it turned into from that us deciding we should do video. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. I noticed you have a little podcast thing as well too, right? I do. I have a YouTube channel um, that I, I, I've i kind of like made it my own now. So I'll, I, I kind of put out like a whole heap of different content like fight breakdowns, interviews, um, happy hours, which is my new fun thing to do because I get to drink margaritas and answer questions. <laughs> uh, we've brought out some fight camp video type stuff like behind the scenes so it's kind of a bit of everything and how often are you doing the happy hours um 
I don't like. I don't know. Like, I, I kind of have done one like back to back weekend, so I don't know if I should make it like a weekly thing. I haven't decided yet. Well, what's la- ladies' night Thursday night? You should do it every Thursday night. <laughs> well, see, I can't continue that once this all goes away because I got to train. <laughs> so I will like set a, I guess like a, a day or a time that is consistent and like it doesn't get in the way of training once that kind of all starts again you could do like some placebo effect thing though get a bottle of vodka fill it with water and then just (laughs) keep drinking with people yeah i could well that's what that's what we plan to do like uh me and uh one of my friends uh who i game with actually he's uh they're on instagram too video game chats um we're gonna stream together and uh some of the games that we might play is like every time you die you gotta take a shot <laughs> yes something that me and menace do sometimes when we watch fights that's what we do <laughs> that's awesome we'll have like but uh we wind up just drinking constantly so it'll be like every time your guy gets punched you gotta take a, a you know a chug every time you lose a round you gotta take a chug every time your guy gets taken down you gotta take a chug so I you can get <laughs> you, yeah, usually by like the second fight we're a little tipsy <laughs> That's awesome. So now, are you training in this downtime, or? Um, I'm doing what I can. Like I'm doing some one-on-one sessions uh, with my strength and conditioning coach, and, and with with James, my coach. So uh, we're doing as much as we can. Yes, I'm a big James Krause fan. We yeah, have it. we have talked about you in the past. You worked a little bit with Caleb as well, Mental Sensei. A little bit, yeah. Or at least spoke. Yeah, Menace worked with him as well, and then we've had him on the show. And then, um, yeah, he always sing when he was on. He was singing James Cross's praises. So, yeah, he's a he's an OG man. Uh, he's finally getting the recognition he deserves. So it's awesome to see an OG and a fucking stud. Like that last fight, what he take on ni- nineteen hours notice? Nineteen, yeah, it wasn't even twenty four hours. Yeah, so that's crazy. If you're if you're that guy, you know you got some balls right there. One hundred percent. And now you're from Australia originally, right? I am, yes. Your accent's fading a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say like I've got a really strong Australian accent, but uh, every now and then, just because I've lived here for so long, that I'll I'll have like a bit of an American twang. But for the most part, I hope I stick predominantly with the Australian accent. How long have you been in the states? I've been here for about four and a half years now. Oh, so that's not that long. Feels long. <laughs> yeah. And what? You where are you living? I live in Kansas City. And you've been in Kansas City the whole time? Pretty much, yeah. How'd you wind up there? Um, well my management at the time uh managed James and that's how I kinda got connected with Glory and James in Kansas City, so And now when you're traveling for your fights, you're seeing the world's a lot different than Kansas City. Yeah, um, so my fight in Norfolk was actually supposed to be in Lincoln and they switched it at the last minute, which I was like, I don't want to fight in Lincoln, Nebraska. Like, I'm so sorry, but I want to travel. Like I want to be able to fly somewhere and see new places. And, um, I feel like fighting is a really great way to do that. Like I, I, I'm Australian and I've never been to Melbourne. So fighting in Melbourne, was a great opportunity for me to go see a place of Australia that I hadn't even seen before. So, uh, you know, I love to travel and I want to do more traveling. It's, it's kind of hard because 
you know, training and fight camp and like being able to have a significant amount of time off because it's really no off season in MMA. You're constantly training and you're constantly getting better. And if you don't, it's you kind of get left behind, which you don't want to happen. But you know, you, you I feel like you got to find that kind of balance between you know training and and being able to experience life and not just and I get burnt out and doing the same thing every day. Oh, 100%. That's the fucked up thing about right now, the quarantine and gyms being shut down for there's that there's that handful that only train for their fight, but then most of you guys train year round. You Pretty make much. you maintain something and then you peak with a fight camp. Yep. So now 100%. for all you guys it's home workouts. Yeah, it's like doing what we can and which makes it harder, but I think uh, I think too you you get as much out of it as you want to put in. So uh, even if you can't physically do a lot of the stuff, uh, just those mental reps and those visual reps and like watching fight footage or you know doing at home drills, um, I think like you have I, f- I feel like everybody has the opportunity, particularly during this very unique time um that you either let it kind of everything go downhill or you figure it out um you know there's always like two types of people the people who just let it go to shit people who figure it out and work their way through it and they get better and and more successful on the other side so it really just depends on what type of person you are and uh, there's always something that you can do Oh, 100%. Even right now, introverts are like, I trained my whole life for this. I know, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting for this. I was like, welcome to my life. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm a big meme guy, and something we talk about a lot on this show are memes. Obviously, that's the world today is memes. That's like that. It's like, man, I really, I, I don't like going outside, but I like doing at least one or two things, like, you know, something. <laughs> Like I want this, like I seen one the other day because I love memes too. That's all I do is just like see, like find memes and send them to my friends. Um, even if they don't laugh, I get a good laugh out of it. <laughs> but uh, I seen one the other day. It's just like I want this all to end so I can be an introvert on my own terms. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my conversations are just memes back and forth. <laughs> That's awesome. Like we don't even talk anymore. We just send memes back and forth. Or like, or like lines from movies. Yes, I do the movie. I, I'm actually, I'm a little older. No, not older, but I'm out of the movie lines, if you will. Now I'm memes. Nothing but memes. Nothing but memes. Okay. Nothing but memes. That's awesome. It keeps me young, I guess. So how old are you now? I'm 30. All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm 34. I'm not much older than you, but sim- yep. similar age group, if you will. I was maybe a senior when you were a freshman or something like that. Yeah, I was 90. I was born in 90, so. I was born in 86, so something similar. But um, so are you ever going back to Australia or America is where it's at for you? Um, <clears throat> particularly while I'm fighting, for sure, I'm staying in America. Um, I haven't really thought long term on if I would move back post-fighting career. Um, probably not, um, just because everything is kind of here. Um like I, I'm interested in kind of transitioning into more of like an analyst post fighting career. Um, and it's easier to do that here because everything is here. Um, so, but I haven't really given too much thought about it 
I'm just fighting for now and doing my thing. All right. So, and I've seen that as well. You've done some work with, what is that, Invicta? Yeah, I've done some work with Invicta as an analyst and as a commentator now, which was really cool. And, you know, Shannon gave me the opportunity to come in on the last Phoenix series uh, event. Uh, myself and Jimmy Smith were able to commentate that fight, which is an amazing experience. Um, and I've also done some stuff with the ESPN Sports Center Australia. So um, the guys over there are awesome. And like, I'm excited to, to do some more work with them this year once this all kind of ends. If this all ends. Yeah, well, uh, I just seen today in Kansas City, the stay-at-home order's been prolonged to May 15th. So it's 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 they've added like another two weeks or something like that. I think that's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Like I'm in New York, so I'm where it's like heaviestly, heaviest, whatever it is. <laughs> We're the most fucked up here, apparently. <laughs> but that's because we have like something crazy. I said it once on the show. I think we have... I think it's 28,000 people per square mile. Damn. Or something. That's yeah, insane. something crazy. So we're all on top of each other. So we're fucked. But Kansas City, I've never been, but a little more spaced out, right? Yeah, it really just depends. Like where I live, I'm kind of south uh, in more of like like a – it's like a developing kind of neighborhood area. So it's not super busy. So whereas like if you in more of like – downtown kansas city there's a lot of people down there okay and so now it's kansas city and that's it you are you planning on moving somewhere else one day um i have no idea like maybe uh if the opportunity presented itself uh and it was a good it was you know a logical decision for me and, and my career and what i wanted to do but uh at least while i'm fighting it's kansas city because you know i have my gym here and it's convenient now, your own gym, or are you talking about the gym you train at? The gym I train at. I for sure don't have my own gym. <laughs> What'd you say? I for sure don't have my own gym. Why? You don't feel like you're ready to teach people? No. Like, I've never really... I've never really, like, aspired to have my own gym or to be a coach and stuff like that. Um, I have done some coaching at the at Glory, uh, which I, I enjoy and I, and I love to do, but like I'm kind of at a point right now where like I really want to focus on uh, solely just training and fighting uh, and getting more opportunities to go and do things. Um, I need to have the flexibility that I don't have to worry about trying to find somewhere to cover my classes or, you know, that type of stuff. So I'm kind of, I took a step back from coaching um, this year so I can kind of focus on on my career solely and, and getting more opportunities to be able to travel and do more analyst work or do appearances or whatever it may be. Now, did you have anything lined up fight-wise before this whole thing happened? No. I was lucky. Like, I fought maybe two weeks before every – two or three weeks before everything kind of got crazy. Um, so I, I feel, like, incredibly blessed um, – that I was able to fight and I was able to get that paycheck um, because a lot of fighters, like we don't get paid like other sports. <laughs> like we, a lot of us, we live paycheck to paycheck. So we live fight to fight. Uh, and the people who over this period of time that 
weren't able to get that paycheck like man i kind of feel for them and i know dana kind of came out and said like don't worry we're gonna have the same fights and you'll get the fights in your contract i said and then that's all well and good but during this t- couple months where like fighters were expecting a paycheck that they didn't get like what are they supposed to do during this time like <laughs> that's that's what where i'm kind of like hey this is like something's got to change. Like we need to have a salary or something because like when shit like this happens, you're leaving your fighters literally with nothing. Oh, hundred percent. And something I actually, that irritates the shit out of me is like other, I, I, we don't consider ourselves MMA media. Me and Menace always say, we're just two idiots that get fighters on. And we ask you questions that other journalists don't ask. I yeah. hate, I hate the, um, the people that are saying like, Oh no, no fighters don't need to fight. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they do. They want if they're willing to and they want to, they need to. Where you can watch it on TV, it's not the NFL, it's not Major League Baseball. Exactly like you said, you guys don't get a contract or a salary. Yeah, I, I was looking um, like a couple of weeks ago. I was watching like cause I follow Sports Center, and they were putting up all the stats for like the the NFL contracts because they were kind of doing all that a couple of weeks ago with the current roster. Uh, before they do the draft i was looking at some of those contracts i'm like you've got to be fucking kidding me like i like i should have been born a male in america playing football or basketball or baseball like i it just blows my mind the type of money these guys are getting and like i for sure am jealous (laughs) my god yeah they're 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 making millions and they don't have a year-round sport i mean maybe it's year-round in the aspect that they need to train year-round but it's not year-round as far as like you got to stay ready they're like they're getting ready for a certain date they know when they got to be ready by yeah and that like i i kind of like threw like a question like i kind of said something about it on twitter and someone kind of responded which is like oh well you don't play 15 games back to back i'm like yeah but they also don't cut weight every time they play and what is like what is who plays 15 games back to back baseball basketball I don't know. Fighting's a lot harder. Yeah, like I, I feel like it, they're all hard in their own aspects, but I feel like for the trauma and the stress that you put on the body as as a combat athlete, I think we for sure should be compensated for that. Oh, hundred percent. And even the risk factor, like football, I get it. Football's dangerous. But basketball, baseball, the the most dangerous thing about baseball is if you get hit with the ball. And even then, like, that's like a, equivalent to a punch, if you will. And that's like, I would say, like, in terms of, of trauma, I would say, like, football and, and MMA are very similar and, like, combat sports. Uh, just for the fact, like, it's not... Or it's not just the game that you're getting the trauma. It's like the hits, the punches that you're getting in training. Like, even if it's light... That's still a form of concussion, yep. and uh, and it's and and with football, like they aren't doing that type of training year round. MMA, we are, like we're sparring year round. We are grappling or you know doing some form of physical like concussion induced sport year round. And you know, I, I definitely think that we should be compensated for that. In time, you know what? Uh, something else we've said here on the show before. Right now, you, I don't know if you get the like the terminology of it, but right, you remember in the NFL, they used to wear leather helmets. Really? Yeah. Cool. So now they wear the big plastic reinforced or whatever they are helmets, whatever composite, whatever the fuck they're made out of. They used to wear leather helmets. 
that's where MMA is right now. You guys are still wearing leather helmets a little bit. Yeah. You guys, I think they just had, what, 25 years of UFC. We're in, like, year 27 of UFC. Valley Tudor or MMA, you could say, is a little longer. But as far yeah. as, like, sport regulated, you guys are in the 28th year right now. Yeah. we've uh, MMA has a long way to go, and I'm excited to see – like how it progresses, particularly during my career. And, and I hope that I can be a voice for change, you know, for the next generation. But, and I, we, we touch on it sometimes here, but we try to walk on eggshells a little bit as best we can. Just so we don't get the backlash. You got to watch what you say too. Yeah. Oh, we know. Oh, we know. Like you can't talk bad about Reebok. Uh, but it, then it's weird because some people can talk shit about Dana but then other people can't like some people have talked shit about Dana and then they got rewarded for it. Other people have talked shit about Dana and then got fired. The rug taken right off from under him. Yeah. I just, I kind of try to stay pretty neutral. <laughs> yeah. And even the fans, the, fa the fans, the fans hate on Dana a lot too. I fucking love the guy. Oh, he is. He's such a smart businessman. Yeah. Like such a smart businessman. And he, I think, I, th I I honestly think that the sport of MMA wouldn't be where it is now without him. Yes. So I think he has been a very big uh, influence on the direction and the growth of mixed martial arts, particularly over the last 10 years. But there's always room for growth. And there's always room for improvement. <laughs> yes. Where right now we're in the leather helmets. We're about to get the real helmets. If Dana wasn't around, we'd still be doing it with no helmets. Yeah. If if even doing it at all. Like, the sport wouldn't even be anywhere near where it is right now. Yeah, and you know what's really funny? So, I used to be one of those people that thought MMA was, like, super barbaric. <laughs> Understandable. I was like, and this was, like, back in the day when, like, one, like, you would have a fighter with, like, no glove on one hand, a glove on the other hand, and they were wearing one shin guard, and, like, there was no unified rules. And I was like, oh, my God, what are they doing? <laughs> like, this is just barbaric. And it kind of was. It really was back then. But we wouldn't be here today without those, you know, early days. Oh, yeah, the pioneers. And now, so even, like, we, we, we do touch on this source subject a little bit. Do you have any concern as far as CTE or physical damage, things like that long term? Oh, 100%. I think about that all the time. Um, I think uh, I think that's that's one of the reasons why I feel like we need to be compensated. And like I watched I watched that movie uh, with Will Smith, and this was like a couple of years ago when I was on. You know, I'd maybe been doing it for four, three or four years, and uh, like. Now, a couple of years later, I'm like, oh, shit, this is this could be a real thing. Um, it definitely is something not just longevity in the sport, it's longevity in life. Like, I want to be able to write my name when I'm 40 years old. Um, I don't want to live that type of life. And, and I think, too, not just CTE, the stress that we put our bodies through, like... Like when I'm like when we're training, like we normally are, like I wake every, I wake up every day. Like I swear to God, there is not one day that I wake up and my body feels fine. Yeah. Like I 
always have like my knee or my hip or my back or like my shoulder or my hand like there's always something and that wear and tear and that constant stress and, and pressure that you put on the body in those positions like it will be interesting to see how we all uh, are walking around and moving in, in 20 or 30 years time yeah something that we've talked about I think if you guys are under contract with the UFC you guys should be given a salary whether it's even 30, 40, 50 grand, something, higher up guys get 100 grand, 200 grand, and then you get your fight purse. And they need to, I get the... the, the get the fight purse on top of the salary. Yes. Well, I like that. Okay. And then, they sh and then what they should do is, and you'll definitely agree with this, get rid of the show and win. I get for the promoter side, the show and win is going to make you theoretically fight harder because you want that other 50 or 100 grand. You're going in there to win anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, does the... I think they should get rid of the show and win, and they should do live scoring. Like, you should look up, and the way in that basketball game it says 90 yep. to 80, you should look up and say, oh, shit, I'm down two rounds to nothing. I got to knock this guy out. Yeah. See, I like that. And also, too, like, instead of having one bonus, like, all three bonuses that you can get, I think it should be built in your contract that if you finish a fight you get an extra bonus it doesn't matter like it's not just three per fight card it's like if if you have like five people on, on a car that finish the fights all five of them should get a, a, a that should get a bonus like there should be a bonus instead of like when you know nfl players do you know certain when they hit certain numbers they get bonuses like why should we not do the same thing if we finish exactly it should just be i think you show up you get your X amount. It's not a win bonus. It's nothing like that. But if you get a finish or a submission, a stoppage, you should get a bonus for that. That is, Yeah, it should be in your contract or something like that. That would be cool. That's a great idea. Yeah, but you guys would need a union or something for that. <laughs> You're right. Or, like I, we've always, or you guys need Conor McGregor one day to stand up and be like, no, I'm not fucking fighting tomorrow. You're going to fix everyone's contract or something like that, you know? Yeah, like I, it, it's gonna take one of those big guys to to really help that idea. But those guys that are in a position, or girls that are in a position to do that, get paid very well, so they don't need to. Yeah, and it's an individual sport. So yeah, well, that's even something not to attack him, but like with Khabib recently, like that Khabib. Like, whatever, went to Russia and then was saying he did, like, a social media post and was like, I don't need to fight. I'm not the coronavirus. Like, look at celebrities and all these other people are staying home. Why does Khabib have to go fight? And it was like, because there's 20 other guys on the card that don't have Khabib money that need, need Khabib's name to sell the card and make them bigger stars. And that's what I feel like, too, is is there's, there needs to be a balance for fighters is, I think, so the NBA do an amazing job of marketing all of their athletes. Yes. And they make stars and names out of all of their athletes. And, and that's where I don't think they do that in MMA. They pick their their big, big five or big ten. And you just see the rotation of content about those guys. Like, what's going to happen when Cowboy retires What's going to happen when McGregor doesn't want to fight anymore? When Khabib doesn't want to fight anymore? You don't, you haven't built anybody up. Nobody knows who anybody is. And like a perfect example, Alex Volkanovsky. I love the dude. 
but you have a champion that has like 190,000 followers because you never built him. You never promoted him until he won the belt. Like that shouldn't be the case. Like, you like they need to, I think, I feel like this is MMA across the board. This isn't just UFC. This is MMA across the board. They, they pick their certain favorites, which is cool. Like I get it. It's a business, but what happens when those, fighters either don't deliver or they move on or they retire. Like you have like a whole up and coming group of people that are amazing athletes and they should be, they should have the following and the recognition that they deserve, but nobody knows who they are because you haven't promoted them. Yes. Volkanovsky is a great example of that. Like I love, like he's one of my dudes. Like I fought in a couple cars with him. I, I am 100% on, like, Alex Volkanovsky, and the only time I, like, will ever go against Max Holloway is if he fights Alex Volkanovsky. But that's a perfect example because, like, you have a champion who is on, like, a 10-fight win streak that nobody knows because you never promoted him. So he's, like, seven fights he had in the UFC before he had his title shot. It's not like he came in with like a couple of fights. He's been in the UFC for like four or five years. Yeah. Oh, we we just had Alex on the show actually. Yeah. After playing phone tag a little bit, because um, you know, yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with them. You know, his coaches when he's in Thailand at Tiger Muay the Hickman brothers. Yeah, I think so. Like a, the name rings a bell. They train Valentina a little bit. They trained Alex Volkanovski a good amount. They train a little bit with Adesanya, tied to Ivasa. Um, a lot of Australian guys or New Zealand fighters and Russian fighters. They, they tra- used to go out to uh, Tiger Muay Thai. It used to be super big. Yeah, um, they, they trained guys. Peter Yan too, I believe. They trained a bunch of guys. But um, so they went to the younger one, went to college with Dennis. So that's how we've always heard of Volkanovski before yeah. he was champion Alex Volkanovski. So pretty yeah. much every time he's fought, no matter who, like he's fighting Chad Mendes, I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Fucking Chad Mendes is good. Dennis would be like, Volkanovski's going to win this fight. See, that was me. Yeah. Like, because I fought on that. I fought Kat Zingano on that card. The guys are like, nah, like, Chad's just hits too hard. He's too good. He went out there and, what, finished him in the second round? Mauled him. Yeah. Like, absolutely mauled him. Like, I was like, I told you so. And then, like, this, like, every one of his fights, like, he's kind of the Jose Aldo fight, or Josie Aldo, however you pronounce it. Uh, Same thing. He went out there and, like, clinically beat Aldo. Same thing with Max. Like, he is so, like, underrated, and I think that is part and part of the marketing on the yeah. UFC. Well, Menace didn't even know how good he was. Menace just knew what the Hickman brothers were saying. And, if, yeah. like, so it happened with Valentina. They kept saying, nope, Valentina's the best. So every time she would fight, Dennis didn't even know much about her. would be like, if they're saying she's good, she's yeah. good. I love her so much. She's such a beast. Like, yeah. can she just stop being so amazing, please? <laughs> yep. And now, like, even, like, with Volkanovski, we were talking about, he pretty much, other than a rematch with Holloway, the division's kind of cleaned out right now. Yeah. There's the Korean zombie, and then everyone else kind of needs to fight and figure it out. Uh, You've got, like, Zabit. Um, You've got a couple. You've got some up-and-comers, too, which... They all need that fight or two. They're all a fight or two away from it. 100%. Like, he kind of cleaned through it all. Yes, last time we had him on, too, as well, we were talking about shoeys. Yes. I've seen you do a shoey or two in your UFC career. So we didn't have a real shoe, 
because me and Dennis had both on flip flops. So De- Dennis had like a glass boot. Oh my god! Yep. What's that movie? You ever see Beer Fest? No. Oh, they drink out of a glass boot. It's like a drinking game. So I had to do a glass shoey for Alex Volkanovsky. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and now with the whole quarantine, I owe him an actual shoey. So yes. I'm, I'm not gonna do a shoey now for you because we said every time we get an Australian fighter on. I'm doing a shoey, but I owe you a shoey. Okay, excellent. I will hold you to that. Are you doing shoeys in your happy hour, or is it a little more classy? Just a little more classy. You're drinking some margaritas up in here. Like wine glasses. Yeah, I have like these really like cool, fancy margarita glasses. So I'm like, we'll just go with some Jose Cuervo. All right, what's okay. your what's your drink of choice? Tequila margaritas for sure. My drink of choice. Okay. Now, extra salt, of course. (laughs) Another question we always ask. So now, fight camp starts. When are you cutting back on the alcohol? I I usually won't drink during camp. Um, If I do, like, it won't be much, and I I won't at least six weeks out. Like, like nothing at all. Like it's like it's not really hard for me to to not do that and like even now like i like i don't really drink much except like i maybe maybe we'll have like a couple on the weekends like it's i know it's i like i and that was kind of one thing that i kind of thought about when i did start to drink again because i didn't drink for like five years and uh like because i i was in like a bad place and i was using alcohol in, in the wrong way and that was kind of one thing that i wanted to make sure this time is, you know, I wasn't going to to slip back into those kind of like unhealthy habits and uh, using it as an escape for not dealing with shit or, or anything like that. And um, so that's I've kind of tried to be responsible about it. <laughs> Growing up a little bit. This whole adulting thing is really hard. Yeah, we have a beer sponsor here at Menace and the Man, Great South Bay Brewery. So we always oh, that's awesome. We always have something to drink. Well, that's convenient. Yeah, you know how it is. When I'm not, I don't, I video game, but I don't live stream or anything like that. Like, that's something Dennis will do too. He'll live stream his video game and then he'll do, like, every time I die, I'm taking a drink. Every that's time. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, you know how it is. You got to enjoy yourself. 100%. So, a couple other questions I got for you. Felicia Spencer, someone you fought already, about to fight Amanda Nunes. At yeah. 145, your division. We don't know if this fight's going to be on Fight Island or if they're, <laughs> if they're going to find a state for it. But Dana White says May 9th, these two are going to fight. They're both in America, so it's probably going to happen. Who do you got in that? <laughs> um, I I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely am going to be watching that fight, obviously. But uh, I think Felicia is incredibly tough and... You know, she brings some skills to the table. I just, uh, you know, looking at her last fight um, against Zara, she struggled to close that range. And she kind of struggled a little bit with Chris as well, with, like, the, the striking and, you know, someone who is is physically very strong and, and, and is very well-rounded. And I think, I think it's going to be harder for her 
against Amanda because Amanda is very crisp with her striking. She fights very long. She has a ton of power. She's an incredible athlete. She's very well, you know, in the wrestling areas and and in and on the ground as well. She, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's also a black belt in jujitsu and. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it's MMA. Anything can happen. But I just, I see it more in favor of Amanda than I do Felicia. But she's an incredibly tough athlete, and and I'm excited to watch that fight to see how it goes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Felicia's been on the show a few times. Big fan of hers, but she's definitely the underdog in that fight. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. But anyone who goes up against Amanda is an underdog. Amanda Nunes is scary. Uh, well, maybe not for you, but if for even what something we would always joke about back in the day, we stopped because we thought it might turn into a real thing. Is we, yeah. we would always talk about what would happen if Menace or me fought uh, Cyborg, <laughs> and then we were like, "Yo, it might really happen. Like, we might bump into her, and she might be like, "Yo, I heard you guys talking shit all the time what? on your little fucking show." <laughs> so, so we nipped that one in the bud, but a little bit, and stopped doing it, but. Now, is that like one of the fights that got away? Because I feel like they pretty much brought you over initially from Invicta to fight her, right? And never yeah. happened? Yeah. And like I – like that's that's always been a fight that I've wanted. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Like I, I have one fight left on my contract, so we'll see, see what happens after this fight. Um, like it could happen. We never know. Oh, so one fight left, and now they haven't, obviously, a lot of crazy shit going on right now. They haven't hit you up to renegotiate or anything yet? Yeah, I don't really have a lot of control. Of, like, my management kind of do all that for me. So, uh, but, like, I told them, like, I told the UFC, like, uh, Tim, my manager, spoke with Mick recently, and, and I told them, like, hey, if because there's a lot of fighters that are like, oh, I don't really want to go out of my house right now. I want to say, like, I told them, I was like, hey, I can make, I can make weight on like a week or two weeks notice. Like if you need me to fight and it's a favorable matchup, like I'll be there. So I like, I'll fight whoever, like I don't give a shit. I'll make weight. Like te- I could make weight next, next Friday if I needed to, like my weight is so low. So that's not really an issue for me anymore. So it's, uh, I'm down if they, if they want me to fight, I'll fight. I don't give a shit. So something that we do have here that works for us is obviously in real life, you can't be like, yo, what do you weigh to a girl? But because <laughs> you're a fighter, we know what you fight at roughly. Yeah. What do you walk at? So is it a tough weight cut to 45 or not too bad? It's it's not as bad as it used to be, but I definitely have to be on my shit. Um, the heaviest I ever got was like 176. And that was before the Holly home fight. That was rough. But uh we changed so much up with my training and my diet. Um, and so I, I very rarely see above 160 these days. Okay. So yeah, that's 15 pounds, right? Yeah. Yep. Let me make sure I, I don't do a lot of math cause I don't go out of the house anymore. So all right, 15, four, 14 <laughs> pounds, we'll call it. So yeah, yeah, that's not that bad. So if they offered you a fight for fight Island in a month, you'd be all over that. I'll do that in a week. <laughs> yeah. Like I've seen some people that are, I don't want to go out of my house. I don't want to train. I'm not like a, a perfect example. A friend of the show, Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. He, he was like, I'm not interested in accepting a fight. I'm not interested in talking about a fight because the world's kind of shut down. But then you see like Henry Cejudo, for instance, a guy who he could have fought was like, I'm in training right now. I'm doing a quarantine camp. 
I'm getting ready. I have like three or four people around me all day and I'm getting ready to fight in May. Yeah. And like, I, I don't like, I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not above payday. Like, like we talked about earlier, we don't get paid a lot. So if I can get a payday, I'm going to take a payday. Like I, like I need to put me and, and my family or what, you know, my life, what my career, whatever you want to call it. I need to put my financial situation, whatever it is first, like in, and if that means an opportunity comes up to fight, I'm going to take it. Like I, I'm not, not above a payday. I think a part of it too is what part of the country or where in the world you're from. Like Al Jermaine being from New York, it's considered pretty bad here. So it's like, oh, it's a little, it might be a little more risky for me to fuck around outside or go in the gym and do stuff. Then I don't know what the numbers are like in Kansas City, but I know in like California, they're supposedly not too bad. Arizona, they're not too bad. Other parts of the country might be opening up, but New York will, we're fucked here a little bit. I think, uh, I think like here in Kansas City, like it's projected to peak at the end of this month. So that's why they're extending the stay at home order for another two weeks. Um, but we'll see what happens. Like one thing, like uh, as I'm sure, you know, interviewing James is, is we can't, we have something different at glory. Like our mentality is different. Like we're all ready to take a fight on like a week or two weeks notice. It's, and you know, and that's why we train all year round for these opportunities. Um, you know, because I feel like this this is one of those times where you know, whatever sport you want to be in, like it it's kind of an excuse to not do anything, not train, eat whatever you want, get fat, get out of shape. That's gonna hurt you in the long game because it's going to be so much harder, so much longer for you to get back into the shape that you need to be in to start camp or to start whatever it is. And, and that's why like, you know, all, all of us at glory, man, we're staying in as best shape as we can, like keeping our weights down because eventually this is going to end and you want to be ready straight away for those opportunities. You don't want to have to be like, no, sorry. I'm like 40 pounds from weight because I didn't do anything for three months. I haven't done anything. I haven't trained. I didn't keep my weight down. I wasn't disciplined. And hold up like i need three months i need a three-month camp because i can't make weight oh yeah like you've seen how the ufc is if they offer you a fight and you don't take it they go okay we're gonna move you down here a little bit 100 percent. and like you're a professional athlete your body is literally like how you pay the bills like why would you let it get to a point where you're not able to do your job like that's uh, I don't know that's just our mentality and and we're ready to take fights on on short notice if need be and we'll be ready. Yes, we spoke like I said a little bit about mental sense that he was going to hook us up with James and at one point I think we had him like tentatively on the show but we didn't get him on yet but we'll work on that. But uh, we finally it's got a- Megan Anderson. We made it work. Yes. <laughs> yes. So before we let you go, a question we always like to ask is your dating life. What is that like? I don't know. Right now, non-existent, um, I'd imagine, because of the quarantine, or do you have a boyfriend? Anything going on? What's going on with you? I like to keep my personal life pretty private. I don't say anything about anything. Nobody knows anything. Okay. I- <laughs> what is your type? I don't know. Oh, so you keep it that vague. Mm-hmm. You're not even going to let us know if you're into men or women. Nope. Okay. We'll leave it up to our imagination. We like that. <laughs> keep it interesting so now 
I'll get your gamer tag and we'll try to kill some people. I'll show you how to handle the gulag and let's go. We'll squad up one day. We'll squad up now with the quads. It's so much harder with the with the four instead of the, the trios. But you know what it is. I don't know. Do you play Fortnite at all? I have not. No, it's, I have played much Fortnite. Call of Duty with the with the battle royale. Same thing as Fortnite. You got to work as a team. If you're gonna play squads, it has to be like a team moving like you're a fucking. Oh, one hundred percent. Like every time, every time, like you split, every it just goes to shit. Yeah. Like you have to go as like you have to go as a group everywhere. Yeah. So what you'll get in Fortnite a lot is you'll get the you'll drop in as a squad and you'll get the people who just start doing their own thing. Then when they die, they start yelling in the heads up like, "Come get me, come get me!" It's like, bro, you shouldn't have fucking left. Now the whole team's gonna die to come get your card. You know. I was like, why did you leave? <laughs> yeah, you fucking just killed the whole team. So you gotta. That's the one piece of advice I can give you. Got Stick it. with the squad. Stick with the squad. Got it. But watch me giving you advice. Then when I get on, you're like ten times better than me. <laughs> I'm I'm getting better. I'm putting in some solid hours, so I'm getting better. I'll, I'll I'm pretty good though, so I'll give myself that. I'm not bad at video games. I have a lot of time on my hands. I feel like we all do right now. Everyone's playing video games. So before we let you go, what do you think of Fight Island? Like, you think Dana should be putting that on? You're happy with the fighters getting the fight? Um, I can kind of see both sides. Like, I can see, you know, everyone in and against. Like, oh, like we're in the middle of the pandemic. But on the other side, I miss live sports. <laughs> I'm sick of watching reruns of everything. Like, I want to see some live sports again. I'm a huge fight fan, so if he's going to put fights on, I'm going to watch. Like, I don't care. Um, and I feel like each individual is responsible for their own actions, and if they want to, if they want to go fight, who am I to judge? Yeah, that's where, you know, I don't want to, I'm not speaking down on Dana, but that's where he messed up, was trying to do that fight in California. California is a fucked up state. The Democrats and the politicians in California, they're like, they don't fuck with Dana. They don't fuck with the UFC. They're not into it. So they shot that down immediately. California, too, their athletic commission is like the strictest well, as well. The athletic commission is good. It's the, because it wasn't the athletic commission that shut them down. It was, yes, yeah. it was a politician being like, I don't like the way that that doesn't feel right to me. You know, I don't like that. Yeah, and like obviously, if you're under Disney, like they're they're very family friendly, and they they're obviously not going to do anything that's going to be very bad for public relations. So I 100% understand their decision. To yeah. Dana make was Dana was trying to keep it quiet, and he wasn't letting people know where the fight was going to happen. Yeah, and then once they finally let it out, people started sending letters, and the whole thing got shot down within a day. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. But, like, I, I hope that May 9th can happen. Um, like, I want, I would like some live sports again. Uh, and and I think hopefully hopefully this all kind of doesn't go away because it's not going to go away for a long time. But it kind of lessens in the next couple of weeks and, and we can all kind of get back to some normalcy. Yes. And hopefully it happens with the UFC. And they are the first sport back. And it continues to make the sport blow up, and you guys can get some more money. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> I feel like I don't think I feel like we're all not not uh not too good for some some bigger paydays. Yes, absolutely. 
All right, Megan, we appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to Jassy. Uh, is it Jassy or Jackie? I thought, is it JC? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, it might have been a weird spelt Jackie, but thank you to JC from Paradigm for setting this up. And we'll talk to you soon. Don't be a stranger. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Be uh, healthy and well out there. I will. You too. Goodbye.